Hello and welcome along once again to another edition of the Irish Rally Podcast. Once again in association with Tree Rock Display Signage Branding. You can check them out on Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook. That's where we are as well. We're live on Facebook, we're live on Twitter. We're also live on YouTube. Uh, we have a stellar cast coming up over the duration of the next hour or so. If you want to get in touch, you can drop a comment underneath our Facebook stream there and our YouTube. Twitter uh, comments don't really come in directly through the interface. We will try to keep an eye on them on the phone so uh, if you want to drop us a line feel free to do so we will try to get to them and uh, see what the scale is as you said we've a stellar cast um we have a few former winners of the event we have the most recent winner of the event which is interesting because it was actually three years ago would you believe since we had a rally the lakes but uh, we also have another guy who's won it uh, it's a little bit further back in 2019 that's mr anthony nestor 2006 i think anthony was it Yes, 2006. Alongside him at Nuldy. Yes, uh, it seems like, um, yeah, it's a long time ago. It doesn't feel that long, um, but yeah, the years don't be long going by, I don't think. A good day, good memories? Yeah, good memories. Uh, to be fair to the Rally of the Lakes, Killarney, from a competitor's perspective, Killarney put on a very good show always. Um, I think it's the nature of the stage. Again, like, you know, all the events so far this year, you had the mode of Galway, um you know it's a challenge in itself then you have the the circuit of ireland obviously as a challenge with bumps and jumps and so on and um now we're on to west cork obviously which was smooth tarmac and then you're on to or fast flowing smooth tarmac and then you're on to killarney which is a different uh area different characteristics of roads um plenty little bumps and jumps um uh, with lots of grip and much more speed and so on involved uh say than the previous event maybe um yeah it's it's a good event overall i think i suppose the iconic miles gap stage even though to be fair i guess it's a it's a shadow of what it was many many years ago when the likes of bertie fisher or, or even for the most part ourselves went up in 06 i suppose you know as society uh, society changes and there's more cars on the road obviously road road improvements were inevitable and the the, the, the models gap stage of old obviously fell victim to improvements if you can word it that way which is probably a wrong thing to say and i'm i'm led to believe that um, there's going to be further improvements over the coming years so i suppose you know it, it you know um i suppose you'd miss the old stage um, it's a it's a much faster stage uh, than it was now. The road is much wider, but obviously it's catering for the the tourist trade, obviously, which is a big thing in Killarney. And it's such a vibrant town anyway. And uh, yeah, it's um, because remember, it, it's not that many years ago that this international rally was the last rally of the season, and it used to be on, and it used to be could be ice or snow if we remember back to the BMW and the Russians and all them years. Mm-hmm there was ice and snow and all that kind of stuff on the stages so it's um yeah it has it has evolved well over the year um they seem to have kept a lot of the sponsors on board um the likes of the clean eagle hotel and that and ordnance survey and then in recent years cartel so um yeah so obviously it is very positive that when you see sponsors staying with an event for so long and if you look at it back in the 80s it was carling um Lager or Lager, I can't pronounce it correctly. They were sponsors for many years. So the fact that sponsors stay in events like that for multiple years, it's it's obviously they're getting, they're generating business out of it because at the end of the day, sponsorship is business. 
And if they if it wasn't working, the business model, if it wasn't working for your business model, you'll just pull the pen in it and pull out. So it's um it's a good indictment of motorsport really in Kerry. Um and, and that event as in general. That's um it leads it to such a positive a positive place. And of course everybody loves going back there both here now and, and obviously they have the other event at in Killarney at later on in the year. But yeah, all, all roads lead to Killarney Town this weekend. So Mm-hmm. to kill initial on board as well. I know they were a big supporter of yes, the historics, but, sure uh, but bring you know big into the international this time out. And Mike Marnie's been, uh, you know, a good friend of the the podcast here as well. So uh, we'll give him a shout out and say fair play for for his support of uh, not just Rally the Lakes, but definitely rallying in general and competitors. Um, it's mad, right? The most recent winner of the event is also fresh off a fourth place finish in Rally Croatia and WRC, and he joins us here this evening. It is Mr. Paul Nagel. Paul, how are you doing? Welcome aboard. Evening. Good to meet you both of you, Kevin and Anthony. Hope you're well. Hi, Paul. How are you? Well, thanks for uh, answering the call of duty. Um, you're back since yesterday, I guess. Yeah, yesterday morning. Yeah, I got home yesterday morning. Uh, it, was a, it was a hard week. Um, and just to clear the record here, everybody can see I have a black eye. And uh, just before the rumour started, maybe Craig hit me or something and the way the social media takes off. Uh, I was uh, strapping in the spare wheel on Sunday morning when when we leave service every loop, we have to get our tire, our tires are barcoded and marked and at half five in the morning or climbing the back of the, the new Pumas and the spare wheels are behind the back seat. So it's, you have to more or less climb in like a like a, like a small boy. And uh, I was connecting up the strapping the spare wheel and the bungee snapped up me and caught me in the top corner of the eye there and gave me a, a lovely tug looking um by face for the rest of the weekend and all the way home yesterday so uh, we just cleared that up before all this <laughs> well i'm going to say two things number, number one you're lucky you didn't lose your eye and when you just joined there we heard a lot of noise in the background so i don't know if you got a few clatters for coming on this podcast or what the story was but <laughs> at least we're after clearing it up now anyway um that's the I think to be fair i think to be fair that his introduction about clearing it up i thought that the first sentence was the best one the one about Craig hitting him, that I thought that would be far more dramatic altogether than the real story. So, yeah, I well, you know, it's mad because uh, obviously Sean Moriarty of Kerry Moresport News uh, had a nice little April Fool's prank with an M Sport entry going into uh, the Rally of the Lakes. But uh, yeah, that would have been quite fitting as well, especially if it was in around now with the black eye in the whole lot. It really would have uh, taken off, wouldn't it? But, um, Paul, I suppose, um, you know, we will chat about Croatia and stuff, but uh. As the the person who's won it most recently, I, I guess there's an element of disappointment that you can't participate this weekend, but there's obviously good reasons for that as well. Yeah, look, we were very fortunate to do the Tamar Championship in 2019, and uh, to win the rally was hugely important for me, um, for a local man at Clarneman to win to win the rally. It's it's it was always something as a young fellow I wanted to do it, so to win it in 2019 was very important and. I have only done it twice in the last 14, 15 years and every year I'm away, I'm either off, I've been in more championship rounds around the world or away testing or something and, uh, you know, actually the rally, when I'm gone for the rally for the whole week, it doesn't really bother me that much uh, but when you're around all week now and I leave Saturday go testing and I'm, all the mates are around and they're all getting ready for the rallies and they're getting the cars ready and the boys are wrecking and I meet them Friday and everything, uh, it's hard to leave but I have a job to do. Um, we head to Portugal on Saturday afternoon to go testing for the next round of the World Championship. So I'm, I'm fortunate I won the rally in 19. And, you know, 
it was a great year. It was a great rally. Um, 40th anniversary as well. Uh, super weekend. Weather was fantastic. Great racing. Um, as Anthony mentioned earlier, some fantastic stages. We had all the classics that year. Katsedar, Goom, Haley Pass. You can travel the world. You'll never find anything like that. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I accept that I'm away for some of these home rallies and, and you just get on with it. And you, when I leave Saturday evening, I'll keep an eye on the times for Saturday and I'll be up and down a, a traipsing up on a, a, a Portugal test road for 250Ks on, on Sunday in dust and muck and rain, whatever the weather will be. And uh, that'll be my job for the day, a 3K road for 200Ks. I think as we had just alluded to it earlier, um, before we went on air, I think it's, you know, when people see you and people go out to spectate and, and in any, any of these events, and I notice that also in Croatia, they see the glamorous side of your job and you're there in your new car and race suit and it all looks so professional and you look so relaxed and so on and so forth. But I don't think the people realize the hardship and the week you would put down prior to the event and the preparation. It's all about preparation. I think we spoke with Donna Kelly on this podcast a couple of weeks ago and it was you know we just had a chat about chat about you know pre preparation in general with him and his son so like just out for curiosity for my curiosity and maybe the curiosity of the viewers for the bit of the Paul Nagel we don't see so say obviously we can't tell the future but so what was your typical week last week so starting last Monday morning when the clock went at x o'clock but what what was your what's a rough week I'm sure yeah. we only get to see the minute of it and the smiles and the autographs and all the all the um, all yeah the, I suppose yeah before, before you get to last Monday morning I suppose we would have a test two weeks ago so you spend the day traveling to Croatia you do a day's testing and you do what 250 200 k's and get home then the following day and because the rallies are coming ticking fast at the moment uh, I would be particular to have all the pace notes rewritten last year's whatever notes I have last year whatever stage you're saying I'll start with a brand new book with the notes rewritten fresh I would have given them to Craig either they'd be able to scan over tomorrow we there's different apps now you can send over and back and I would land to the rally with all the notes Craig would probably have seen the notes on DVDs two or three times from last year I would then correct any of his changes that he'd made after I'm making fresh notes and currently there was a five or six week gap and now with Portugal, Sardinia, Kenya, they're all coming on quick. So I have to get the Portugal notes ready last week, couple of weeks. And Sardinia notes, I started this morning, even though it's a bit away, but the drivers want these notes to start prepping for or to doing videos and checking up from last year's and everything. So that's an ongoing at the moment. And then I left last Monday morning and I left home at half past three, uh, flying from Cork to Amsterdam and uh, landed in Zagreb afternoon and we have recce's meetings that evening and recce started Tuesday morning, seven o'clock. We left the hotel and we got back to the hotel that evening at half past six. That was day one of recce and, and obviously we have gravel crew for the rally as well. So they arrived out on Wednesday. I had tell you up all my notes Tuesday night, Craig will be looking for videos as soon as possible, go through all the bits and pieces and see what's different from the previous years and change of surfaces and all that. The same thing happens on Wednesday. Do all the recce again, but the recce finished on maybe five o'clock and back tidying up pace notes again. And uh, Craig would have a lot of media stuff and PR stuff to do Wednesday evenings down with down with all the, the TV crews and WRC and, and whatever guests are on. And I'd be back in the hotel tidy up the pace notes and give the notes to the gravel crew. We've obviously um, Stephen Whitford and, and Derek Brown do gravel notes for them. They need pace notes, all the pace notes to be copied three times a spare set for me. And they have two sets as well in case the conditions change. And we've John Rowan as well helping us. And then towards the morning, um, shakedown starts from nine to eleven. So that was 
non-stop for those couple of hours, um, three runs over the over the, the shakedown. And we probably had downtime, then you get back to the service park. We did a few changes in the car and there's a debrief and engineers meeting and Craig would have a press conference, a lot of PR things as well. And there's maybe two hours of downtime, then, and then you have ceremonious art photographs, all the rigmarole and the reverse seating. And it's bedtime and then race face on Saturday, Friday morning and it was seven o'clock start, half five start and half four start were wow. the three mornings and it was eight o'clock and 10 o'clock half to get back to the hotel both nights Friday and Saturday night. So it's huge days and obviously it was probably one of, one of the top rallies of, of, of how difficult it was for, for a co-driving mm. driver. You've all seen the videos of we've wet, um, wet mud, gutter, fog, uh, conditions were appalling. It's just absolutely crazy. And uh, the TV didn't even do justice. Friday was straightforward enough, really, because uh, running first, second, third road, you had a bit of an advantage, but we did we did good steady run. But uh, on Saturday morning, you get up and we got to the first stage. We'd, know, we'd four softs and two wet tires in the boot because the weather was a bit unpredictable. And uh, we were on the start line with five seconds to go and it was cancelled. Oliver Salberg went off. We were the next car on it and we all created the lag, turned on, we were ready to go on the... the stop sign came out so we lost that stage and got back into sir it went up to stage 10 didn't was there was it's only a short stage but the stage 11 was 100 k's away it's 100 k's to 11 and then 100 k's to 12 so you had 100 k's stop for a few and you could have shorts and t-shirts and sunglasses on after stage 10 and 70 k's up the road we were aquaplaning on the motorway um it was wow. it was it was scary it was it was another world up there like in the stage ran, we had to put on the wets, cross it, and it was just survival. It's absolute survival. No fog, you couldn't see the front of the bonnet. It was, and then you get onto main road, and it's <clears> the size of a, a DM50 main road, main road all the way down for seven or eight k's of glaring water up against you, and you're definitely on the wrong half. Half the car was in the wrong, the wrong tires. And that went on. Then the second loop on Saturday, we went out, and we didn't get a run on stage nine. Uh, first morning because it was cancelled and we were well beaten inside there because we didn't get all the boys in front of us got a good run so we dropped 10 or 12 inside there our car was set up for that stage 11 again um again it's a lovely day back in Zagreb, but crossed the border and we'd set up the car ready to go to, for that stage of the loop and and it was cancelled on safety grounds which michelle mouton did and she was rightly so because if anything happened the second time the the services wouldn't get into us if something happened spectators you wouldn't see them and if a car left the road and it was a really narrow road it'd be what would i call now like a road like going on Borland, it was that narrow and they cancelled that as well which is a big disadvantage to us but it was the right thing to do and and then Sunday morning we were told we'd have showers and there was a chance and we took a gamble to one of five hards and Hyundai got it right and the bill was only four seconds behind us he went on three softs and three hards and Tannock had, had wet tyres and we did the first stage it was we were only half a second slower than the bill and we're still in front of him and then the second stage it started to get damp and he took 12 and then third stage and it shows how bad when you go on the wrong tires we're on four hards in 12 k's he took a minute and 15 seconds off us one left or one right must be flat in sixth gear we were in third third gear fourth gear trying to get around and it was survival we got through it and we had a good run the power stage but it was full of money it was dried up again for the power stage and we picked up a couple of points and we set out of trouble we didn't have any punctures Tire size cost us, but if you look back as well, I think Tierney Bill, with all these penalties and issues, possibly was the fastest man in the rally. Um, we have we've scored good two rounds of two points, two good um, championship rounds. 
if you said to me back in January when the, the Oak was upside down uh, to test before Monty that we'd be told going to Portugal in the World Championship, I would have taken your arm off. So we are there now and, and as I said, Portugal is next week or a couple of weeks and we're told in Championship. We have to be happy with that, but we it's really getting into the, the nitty-gritty of it now with the next five or six rallies in about nine or ten weeks. There seems to be, just from listening to you, the, the, quite a lot of road mileage and a lot of distances. I'd be curious... Just again from uh, um, an Irish perspective, and we often, you know, do two stages and come back to service, and you'd you'd more through maybe forty odd liters of fuel. I, I wonder, like, is 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 um is the like the cars must either have much larger tanks or they than what we would be used to in Ireland if they're going doing long runs like that, or is there we, fuel no, remote? Fuel yeah, there's fuel. Like there's fuel. Anthony, we've two refuels. We've refuel in the in say Saturday morning when the big hundred k road sections each way. We'd have fuel in service. We'd have fuel after before going to hundred k's and the fuel halfway back from the hundred k. Ah, we have only right. sixty liter tanks as well, but uh, they have to just loads of fuel house. And we only do four stages. The maximum we can do is four stages in the loop now in the world championship because TV and everything because they have the resources only for three to four cameras in every stage or, or stage mm-hmm. reporter. So the max is four. But yeah, it's 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 huge. K, I think it was sixteen hundred k's with the whole rally, um, and we sixteen hundred k's with the whole rally. It was that hundred k trip now up and down. That's two hundred k's done twice. That was four hundred k's in one day just on road kilometers. That was only to get to one stage, which was big, big, big mile. And then Sunday we didn't come back. It was it was always seventy k's out to any stage in Croatia and seventy back minimum. Minimum. I I had a I had nearly a migrant for twenty five miles two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know what I tolerate that as just and twice actually one of my that guy I met, Barney Mitchell, we were the, the droning noise of the car when you got out, your head was still buzzing. Um but that's phenomenal mileage, yeah. That's, but that's just with the that's only the travelling the mileage and now with the hybrid you've all hybrid data to change over and well, I'll get into details, but uh, there's so much work now to be done in between the stages and you're changing tires and you're changing right heights and and then when the weather is wet, you have to change anti-roll bars. You have to be all all that all that part of that as well. And obviously, you're managing the time as well, and managing and you have to manage the hybrid as well in the road section. So there, it's pretty intense now in between the road sections. Is it's nearly as intense as being on the stage at the moment. How do you mean when you say manage the hybrid on the road section? Does I again? I don't know the first thing about this, and probably most people my age probably don't know. But I'm curious. Is the hybrid obviously is like a battery pack that charges as you're driving? So it's obviously charging up. As you're driving along, yeah, I'm not fully up to speed because I've not gone on the car. But when we obviously we use and we gin it on the stage, and then it has to be charged up to X certain amount for the next stage. So you have to recharge in the road sections, and the FIA set standards for each stage what percentage of uh, um, hybrid you use. So that's worked with the drivers and all. I just have to change pages and all that to set up. They they will manage all that side of things. So it's. Yeah, yeah, you, you get all that data for, and you just have to follow a schedule for the whole weekend. And every every stage is a different uh, hybrid uh, strategy for it. So uh, that's an extra job you have to do and keep an eye on as well. And uh, obviously, when you're big hundred k road sections, you have to manage the fuel as well. If you're traveling quicker in the motorways as well, you have to keep an eye on that as well. So there are all the hidden extras, and then you have obviously the gravel crew throwing in all the extra changes. And like they did a phenomenal job the weekend. It was a tankless, horrible job. And when I was saying get up at half four and half five in the morning, um. They were up at half two and three o'clock. It was they weren't going to bed at all. Like and um, what they like, I'd have maybe thirty-five or six pages in a stage uh, in a stage, and they would have thirty-five or, or pages as well. Every page there'd be changes. There'd be a gravel or mud or or um, 
water or ever did every bit of what they do some fantastic horses local Irish lingos as well with greasy and steady and they they're the unsung heroes here and as I think like the Robin Pierre said as well and all these boys they they're, they're the boys that make us go faster. Yeah, it it seems really intense as I said. It was just it's the it's the area of the rally that no one sees. You only see the glamour, as you said, and the photos and the cameras and so on. But it's all the work behind the scenes. That seems like a dreadfully intense week. I'd say when the rally is over, it's a case to take a deep breath and just go to bed early, maybe. But yeah, that happens. Well, most of the time it comes over. Like we debrief after the rally, and sometimes you want to get home as well, and you fly early the following morning, get home after being a week away. But yeah, the the fun has really gone out of it now. It's a, it's it's full on full time job, and it's you represent your manufacturing and everything. Apologies, actually, for talking over you. Um, um, uh, the do you get to come home very often? I presume do you, or do you get to come home after each event, or do you just hop from one to the other? Or oh no, we call, I'm home after every event because you'd have time oh. in home. Like I said, I'm testing the weekend now, and then we've weekend at home, and then it's Portugal. And you're going from Portugal, you would Sardinia. So I would say now there's not many Sundays between here now and September. I'll be home for like because you've Estonia, Finland, and Nipper all back to back as well, more or less. And there'll be testing between all them. So it'll be the summer will be fairly intense. And obviously we've been in September as well, which is a long holiday with extra. So but we've a few corners to get before then, like as I said, Portugal, Sardinia now and Kenya will be the three next big ones. And it'll be it'll, it'll be challenging peers. We're running Tordon Road in Portugal. It's renowned that anyone back to field, and we have all the all the heavy artillery are here with Lowe and Ogier. Danny Sordo's back, running at the back. Elton Evans obviously has a bad start to the season. He's running at the back, um, so it's it, it's going to be a huge challenge in um, in, in Portugal. But we've knuckled down, probably drive as hard as we can on Friday to get a good draw position Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Do the stages change much, Paul, from year to year? In Croatia, now we have two new stages this year, but that was a new rally last year, so you wouldn't expect it much. Portugal, everything's the same. Um, we haven't done it since 2018, um, but everything's the same. Portugal, Sardinia, they mix and match. It's based on back in Algeria this year. Uh, Kenya's 80% the same. So, But you can to Finland and Estonia, then they can vary, mix and match. They can put them in reverse, they can join in stages. But yeah, we're lucky enough. Well, we'll be making new notes in Kenya. Um, we've done the recce's last year for all the rallies, so we have the notes for them. But it's a bit of work and piecing them all together before. But now we have all the technology online with rally maps and all. You can piece them all together and everything. So that's handy enough that way. But yeah, and you have all the videos. And as you said earlier, we have all the WRC plus now, and you see all 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 the onboards and everything. So it helps it helps the drivers as well to pick out all the, the stages that are missing, and they can add them all and piece them all together. They have all the technology with the joining stages off onboards and everything. So. They, they, there's a lot of work done before you get to the recce and you need to be ready on the go and shakedown. If you have, the work isn't done, you're on the back foot for the weekend. Yeah, I'm I don't want you have one I'm more. You have, you have a big question in relation to the differences of obviously what we're used to here now with our R5 specs. And apart from pointing out the obvious, which is hybrid, Anthony was kind of curious to know, and I'm curious to know, what are the differences from sitting into an R5 and sitting into what you're in at the moment? Oh, it's night and day. It's, it's completely night and day. Uh, we have, first of all, the safety side thing, our new cars are incredible. The safety inside, the cages, the way it's built, it's the safest car they've ever built. Uh, the power we have, the suspensions, the technology inside in the car, excluding the hybrid. We have over five, when the hybrid kicks in, you could have up to 500 brake horsepower, but 
there is no comparison to not by absolutely nowhere near it at the moment. Um, yes, they were setting very good time at the weekend, but the weather was so bad. But uh, compare to the current car now to the last generation cars, the, uh, you'd miss the aero and the, the paddles and everything. They're different technology. But the biggest thing is the safety inside. Now, the hybrid and the safety in the new cars are, 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 are second to none. It's, it's, it's uh, engineering at its very, very best. Would your pace notes change for when you did the championship, say, in 2019? So obviously, if you're going at a slower speed, then the notes you would use in that car, would you would you be allow yourself to put in as much detail? Uh, obviously, because you probably don't have as much time to get it out, or do you just go further down the road and keep calling? No, keep calling. There's no changes. Craig's pace notes no have changes. never changed. No change. Absolutely nothing. No, there's no changes. It's as it is in 19 now, but... To be fair, 19 cars are still probably going quicker than we are now currently. I haven't checked comparisons. We're still early stages of the new development of these cars, but there is pace notes have not changed. Um, not one bit at all. It's just getting just, yeah, just the, the The big thing is the seating positions before, as you back in the days in the Subarus and all in the Fords, you used to be sitting on the floor. Now that's illegal. We're 125 mil, I think, from the, the floor. Myself and Craig are the same height in the car. Uh, there's The exhaust comes up my side. There's no exhaust tunnel. There's only a, 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 the, our dash and all that in between the seats. Myself and Craig can touch the seats, nearly touch each other. So that's uh, we're wow. in the centre of the car. So there's massive, massive side impact, side impact protection as well. So, but it's it's a sight to see when you see these New Yorks that the what what the FIA have done to bring the level to where it is now. It's it's it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, there was a documentary with um, Howard Davis in his program there, um, where the Windy M Sport, and you could see how far in the cage was and how much gap you had between the side of your seat and the door say for example or the cage there was the, the side impact was really really impressive the way it was but i think it's actually is, is it like a tub and the shell is put on around it it's the first time i think they did something like that so yeah it was a, a, interesting to say the least can i ask paul um you mentioned obviously as part of the week the I, I would call it a headache anyway if I was in your shoes, but when you and Craig have to go and do media stuff, right? So I'm used to obviously having a background where you go talk to maybe an intercounty football manager or whatever, or be it a rally person. And, you know, obviously you get a bit of coaching and stuff, and it's just a bit of a nuisance at times, I'm sure, right? But in an environment like this with myself and Anthony, it's very chill and we have a bit of crack. But during the week, I'm sure it's just kind of like, oh, can we get this fucking thing over and done with as quickly as possible <laughs> so, so we can move on, like... Yeah, uh, well, I suppose with COVID the last couple of years, you know, there was no one around and uh, the novelty is new now again. So everyone's back in the spectators, are back in the servers pack and the media is starting to really ramp up again. It's more the driver than the co-driver has to do that. But look, you have to do these things. It's part of it. You have uh, ceremonial starts and autograph sessions that there's people queuing up for hours to come and get them. And look, that's what makes the sport. It's good to have the people back and 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 to have that uh, support around the world and have the rallying. And that's what it needs. And for sure, when you go to Portugal, now we're starting a new super special down there. There are big rally people down there and have the people there. Look, it can be annoying at times, but when you look back in the years to come, you'll go, geez, why don't you appreciate it more when, when you don't have it? So that's why I look at it now. You can, you know, they're here to support us and you might as well try and help them out as much as you can. And yeah, but there's times in when you're under pressure and you want to get videos down and you're trying to tidy up notes yeah. or something up. Yeah, but look, you have to, it's part, it's part and parcel with the job now and you have to do both. And sometimes, um, Paul, like I, I just wonder, 
do lads fully feel like they can always be themselves? Like because you have to be very careful in in being misquoted, and then there's obviously, I suppose, possible brand damage which can occur and stuff like that. So that's always kind of an uneasy thing that can go on in elite sports people's heads. Uh, does that kind of occur with Paul Nagel or Craig Breen? Do you think? Not really. No, you get. You see, rallying has changed a lot while in the world champs. So social media has taken over and. Hmm. You can't say anything, say boo, no, you have to be very politically correct in a lot of things. So you have plenty of uh, keyboard warriors and you have plenty of people with their own comments because they see some, some clip or something that you'd be laughing at some of the things you see up in social media. But look, <laughs> it is it is part and parcel with with the job. And when you represent a, macro, a manufacturer or a brand ambassador, you have to do the right things and say the right things to people. And you never know, everyone's got a camera now, everyone's got a video, everyone's got Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, Instagram, Facebook. There's so many things going on now, you, you don't know what to, who to follow and what to follow. But look, I just keep my head down um, and... Mm say what i say without getting myself in any too not too much trouble like mm-hmm. i'm bringing it back to this again so paul who do you fancy for the lakes uh it'll have to be one of the top three uh i would josh is the man in form at the moment he's winning everything possible going um but I, if I was a betting man, I think the momentum Alistair brought from the circuit, he's back now. He won't, he can't, there'll be no lack of seat time. It's only two weeks ago. Uh, he's always quicker. He pushed us very hard three years ago. Um, himself and Callum, Callum will be very quick. He's the man up the gap. He's reminded us enough over the last couple of years. He's the king of Malls Gap because he beat us there a couple of years ago. And so he'll be, he'll be, he won't be hanging around. But I think with Malls Gap, not the first stage of the rally, it'll, it'll suit the likes of, of Fisher and, and, and Divine because Josh comes out of the blocks like, like a lunatic all the time. And Malls Gap, everyone knows it so well. So they're going on to new stages out in Gurton again and Bernard. But I think when you get into the Clubster Rally on Sunday with Malls Gap, Ballet Beam and Carlake, um, three superb stages, you'll see. Um, I think Alistair Fisher I think he'll carry his momentum from the circuit to win it but uh, Callum's due a win as well and, and Josh seems to be the man hanging off there but I'll go with Alistair for the for the win I think and modifieds there's no one going to beat Rob <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, Rob Rob will be there and probably finish in the top five or six overall if, if the truth was known as well he'd be he'd be the man to beat here he's never beaten Killarney so I can't see yeah wherever it is at Wallace Gap he has it down to a T he does, but again, it's not Saturday morning either, so that's letting yeah. it up for the, the, the modified men. If they want to get a jump on him, they'll have to get it, get to work quickly on, on Saturday morning. But uh, as you said earlier, it's great to see the, the new sponsors as well, like, you know, with um, Rintkill and Hearns as well coming on board. It's very important to, after Cartel so successful the last 12 or 14 years, how long they were there. And uh, it's a huge boost for Killarney. They were saying during the week like that it's worth over ten million to them for the weekend. So, and I know the Motor Club have put in huge work. They put in massive work over the last number of months to get everything up and running. The town is ran packed for the weekend, and uh, I wish them all a very, very successful rally. And as I said, I'll be around Friday night and Saturday morning. But away I go to different pastures. But it'll be interesting to see. And uh, I wish the, the the club the very best really the weekend. And hopefully, it'll be a very successful and safe rally as well, which is important. Absolutely. Do you want to see your neighbour before you go? Mikey, I can look out the window there to him if he's, if he's at home. I'm not sure where he's going to be. He Hold on. With the girlfriend. Well, so we'll, see, we'll see here now. Three, two, one. Mikey, how are you getting on? Very good. No, I'm not I'm not creeping across the road, Paul. I'm in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I would be extremely worried worried if you were across the road because you look to be in the dark compared to Paul. So one of you didn't pay the ESP bill, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I must be off a little lamp here beside me. How's things, lads? They all good? How are the best? All good here. Yeah. I've been yeah, watching you there for the last 15 minutes. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to be as politically correct, or I'm trying to be as politically correct as I can, which is a very difficult task uh, you, for me at the best of times. You sound like politicians there, lads. You want to loosen up a bit? <laughs> I know, yeah. We can't, we can't be given out every week, for God's sake. Right, curveball, curveball Galvin's in the house now. He's going to sort ah, us yeah. all out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, just Have a, just we one a quick... more coming on, no? Uh, not at the minute, anyway. There's no one backstage. But Podge uh, Foran is you okay, on in okay. a few minutes' time. But, uh, oh, very just good, on, very good, very good. From, from your point of view, um, BRC Round 1, <clears> alongside uh, Keith Cronin, you won that in 2017. Keith's on a push for five. Um, you had a right tussle with uh, Ocean Price and, and Noel last weekend. Um, maybe talk us through it. We did. Uh, yeah, do you know, it was the best result we had for a long time, actually. Um, probably since 2017, maybe 2018. Last year was fine. It went okay. But, uh, you know, the results weren't coming in like we would have liked. But, um, no, this weekend was fantastic. We went in. We won whatever the first the first seven stages. But um, we kind of came to the end of it then and we couldn't do a whole lot more. Um but Oshin is obviously really, really quick uh, with the same car. But it was a great battle. You know, we were coming, whatever, after stage seven, it went to half seconds to seconds, and we just had to let him kind of go to the finish with that then. But look, all of us got to stand on the podium together. Myself and Noel got to spray champagne uh, at the same rally. So it was great. We're second in the championship, and it could be a lot worse, you know? Yeah, good stuff. Paula, we let you go. Um, I want to say thanks a million for coming on, and the best luck for the rest of the year. We'll catch up with you again at some stage, all right? No problem. Thanks for having me on. Good luck. Thank you very Thanks a million. Much. Cheers. Yeah, so I suppose from your point of view, now correct me and Anthony if we're wrong, did you get a spin for this weekend? Were you looking for a spin for this weekend? Uh, do you know, I actually wasn't. Um, it's probably the rally that I've done. I've done it a few times. I've had a couple of runs. I've had a couple of good runs. It was my first rally ever. But I've had a couple of dodgy runs too where we haven't had a whole lot of luck. But no, I'm I'm out. I'm out this weekend. I'm just going to be going to be hanging around and I'll try and watch a few stages and stuff. Um, I'd be happy enough with that. I like to do, you know, I like what I do once uh, once every couple of weeks and I, you know, take it off. Keep take the enjoyment levels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah. Because I know you're kind of a jack of all trades. Like the reason you, your, your backdrop is not podcast related. I know you're big into music and uh, there's a few <laughs> other bits and bobs you have going on. Uh, so the accumulation yeah. of all those in the balance is, is, is what makes Mikey Galvin happy, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like to dip in and out of things as the seasons come throughout the year. Uh, yeah, music seems to be the latest, the latest craze, uh, which I'm actually enjoying a lot. Um, you can see a bit of a, a bit of a studio, home studio going here around me. Uh, but yeah, I'm having a ball, I'm having a ball with it to be honest. Um, so when I'm not not hidden away rallying, yeah, this is where I am in my little my little cave here. Is it? Do you play music or do you just make music or what way does that work? <clears throat> uh, well, I'm doing a bit of both at the moment. Um, for a few years, I I come from a musical uh, family. My 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 dad plays music all over the world. You know, always. Um, but it was always something I wanted to get better at. But I'm putting in a bit of time into it now, and I I am playing and I'm starting to make music now as well and do a bit of recording. So, wow. um, you might have seen a couple of videos on Facebook there in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, it's just something where I I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm gonna going to keep the push on anyway and see see how it goes i must look it up now i'm not a music person at all obviously but i'm yeah i was 
curiosity will always get the better of it. Well, I'm under pressure now. What's what's <laughs> harder? What's harder, keeping a tune or keeping Keith keep keeping Keith Cronin in tune? <laughs> oh God, they they yeah, um, they kind of fall under the under the same intensity. <laughs> um, but no, you know, it's two completely different things. I like I like to balance it out with you know things that are completely different to rallying as well. You know, um, be it heading off into the mountains running or whatever it's just a just a different scene completely it's nice i like i like that balance you know mm. so talk to us about being alongside keith then in particular like you you sat with a good few lads like i was actually going down to your record like i know you sat with rob for a while um a good while actually uh jimmy mccray you were in with uh you obviously sat with, with craig with craig breen last year uh, as yeah. well um yeah you've been with a, a few yeah. heavy hitters there as, as the fella said but uh like a lot of people would view keith cronin as uh, probably the, the most naturally talented driver up there anyway certainly if not the most naturally talented driver coming through these aisles like a lot of people would have him on a pedestal similar yeah. to Craig Breen um, what's it like alongside him yep uh, you know what it's it's uh, it, it's great it's awfully relaxed um, you know Keith's a different guy to what, what everyone sees on camera and you know I, I hear all the time people say oh is Keith very quiet is he very this is very that you know, Keith is a great, great friend of mine now, um, and you know he's the most relaxed guy you'll ever meet. Um, but extremely talented, yeah. And you know, I'm, 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 I'm very lucky to be doing what I'm doing with who I've done it with. You know, but um, no, we try to keep the stress levels down, down to a minimum when we go, because at the end of the day, you know, stressed or not, you have to go and do the same job. So you know, and we always look at it. We might as well keep things as relaxed as possible. And when we go to the start line. Yeah, you know, be be uh, be focused for that few minutes, and you know, chill out. Other than that, um, that's just the way we we try and do it anyway. Um, so people, some people look at us and say, "Geez, these guys are, these guys are awful relaxed here." But uh, no, it's good. We have a, we have a very good relationship. As I said, you know, we've become very good friends in the last few years because, God, we're we're at it now. Just coming up to six years, which which sounds sounds like an awfully long time now. Um, but yeah, no, we have good, and uh, obviously he still got it. Uh, going by going by this weekend, uh, he still has it for sure. Uh, he's thirty five now, going on thirty six. Um, so yeah, there's a lot left in the, in the tank there. I feel. Well, judging by Sebastian Loeb's age when he won Monte Carlo, there's plenty of life, and we'll be able to follow you from any year to come, I guess. Yet, so exactly, yeah. Well, hopefully, yes, hopefully we'll be able to keep going that long, and you know. If you look at Sebastian Loeb, I'm sure there's way more left. You know, if he if he had the opportunity to keep going, I'm sure he'd keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So in terms of um this weekend, Mikey, I know there's loads more we could delve into, but I'm just kind of conscious of time and stuff as well. Um who who are you kind of uh, <clears throat> fancying? We're hearing all kinds of rumblings, by the way. Now we can neither confirm or deny, but we are hearing rumblings that Mr. Nola Sullivan may or may not be alongside Callum Devine. Uh the rumor mill is rife. <laughs> um if that's the case, will that be an advantage? Could that be an advantage? Is Devine on your hit list or who do you fancy? Uh, yeah, geez, Noel has all the tricks up his sleeve, like you know, it could be uh could be an advantage. Uh yeah, there's as Paul said, there is a good few quick guys there. Uh Callum's gonna be quick, Alistair's gonna be quick. Josh, we saw how fast Josh was in Burr uh whatever three weeks ago. He was extremely, extremely quick. 
But there's a few guys that are really, really, really impressive at the moment. Uh, Marion Evans is 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 gone really, really fast, and Cahan McCourt, another guy that's after getting extremely fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Cahan was on a fantastic pace in West Cork, as was Marion. So yeah, those guys. You know, who knows? Killarney is a different rally. I know a lot of this, the usual stages aren't 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 being run. Um, but you never know. You never know. It, it, you know, it could be a bit of a shocker. Mm. So um, if you're, if I put money at it. Yeah, go on. Uh, I'd say maybe Callum. Right. There we go. There we go. So we have an Alistair from we, Paul Nagel. We have. Are we taking Callum. bets on here? Ah, uh, no, we... no, 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 no. And not unless, not unless one of want to come in and uh, <laughs> offer up uh, rights or odds or whatever at, at the moment. But I'd say if you were a bet man, like sure, look, Josh is probably is probably favourite. I'd say follow closely by Alistair. You know, um, you'll probably get all right money on Callum Devine, actually, I would say. We were Go on, Anthony, you'll drop a 20, will you? Well, it isn't <laughs> 20 is the easy bit, but it's the, it's the predictions. We were doing the predictions for the last couple of rallies, and we were so far wrong, <clears throat> you give up on us. So then yeah. on the last episode, the pre-circuit episode, we had Rory Kennedy on, and he got the bang on the money. He he reckoned Alistair, and Alistair won. So I've given up on the predictions, and I have to be mm-hmm. in the rallies. I still give up on the predictions. I hate to break it to you. I caught an eight-second clip <laughs> from that episode with Alistair first and Josh second as well. So, um, yeah, thanks, Anthony. I think you owe me 20 as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sure, look, you can drag, drag me down with you there as well. Sorry, we'll take one for Sorry, a team. We're, we're, we're in this together. That's why I'm not going to this weekend. My predictions are bad. Yeah. Um, Mikey, before we let you go, all right, so can I just ask, like, I mean, you mentioned there the two the two career lads obviously um competing over in the brc and but he's on the podium and that's yeah that that's that is pretty cool like at the end of the day and in between stages and all the banter is there and in general we have a lot of guys over there and we do it every year yeah yeah uh you know i actually love going over to the brc um i've been over there now how many times i was went there once or twice in 16 17 18 and last year now again so i don't know i've done as much there as i have at home um but yeah you know i'll 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 just touch on myself and noel again you know that is you know that's one of the coolest parts of the whole thing i think you know the two of us were in junior infants um as was rob duggan we all came the whole way up through school since junior infants and we were always you know the rally kids and you know whatever but uh, for us there in clacton the weekend spraying champagne on the podium together was yeah, it was a pretty cool moment. I must, I must say, it was one of the one of the highlights of it. It was just, you know, we're we're both nearly thirty years of age, and I said, yeah, this is this is this is nice. This is good. Yeah, something you treasure forever. Like so, can I just ask then the same question, but on a BRC kind of scale and point of view, what does a week leading into the event in a BRC actually look like? Um. So we could look at a bit of uh, video stuff before we leave, but you know, there's always the panic of getting everything ready. This time we had the luxury of actually flying out. Usually we drive over because um, we take the left and drive recce car with us. So usually it's you know a good long day or day and a half of traveling. We'd go to a boat and we might have to drive from, from Hollyhead. We've often driven from Hollyhead almost up to Scotland, um, but it's fine. You know, As you said, the banter is good in the car. And we get there and you do the recce. The recce is usually quick enough, you know. Um, I suppose it's a full day recce. And uh, you get up in the morning, you do the rally, and the rally's over before you know it because the rallies are actually quite short. 
you know, compared to Killarney or Donegal or anything like that, it, the rallies are quite short. You start in the morning and you're finished for half four in the evening and you're racing home for a boat and you're home Sunday night again. So it's yes. a bit of a, a bit of a rat race, really, but it's it's nice. Very, very compact setup, so obviously. It is, yeah. it is, it is. Yeah, well, listen, I think it's exactly 30 days to the Jim Clark, so um, you won't, yeah, you won't feel right, it going yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, so uh, the, exactly. the best look. Um, we're looking forward to the tussle with, with Mr. Sullivan, and let's see how it pans out, because you know, right tussle, obviously, <laughs> last weekend. Um, enjoy the stages over the weekend, Mikey, and thanks for jumping on with us here for a few minutes, all right? Thanks, lads. There we go, Mikey Galvin, a gentleman. Now, we're moving back towards uh, WRC things, and obviously, over the last couple of months, you may or may not have seen on social media that uh, an Irishman and another Kerryman, of course, is social media manager now of the WRC. That, of course, is Mr. Podge Foran. How are you getting on, Podge? Good, lads. How are you? Ah, flying it. Listen, congratulations, first of all, on the gig. That's a, that's a savage gig to get. Um, you're a few months into it now at this stage. Um, buzzing, yeah, yeah, still getting a few, uh, use of it. Uh, within the first week, we're out at um, Rally Faf because obviously the, the WRC promoter now is uh undertaking the DRC as well this year, so uh, straight in, no kissing, there was no messing about, and uh, yeah, that was already what nearly two months ago, so it's uh, flying boys and understatement. Well, the thing I didn't realize actually was, you know, obviously <laughs> with the Irish F1 show on the go now as well, uh, you in a former life were working for F1 too, which I only discovered today. <laughs> so, yeah, you might yeah, come in handy always... for me now over the next few months, whether you like it or not. It's a. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I always have the chat. No, it was a good way to build into it. So, um, that was my previous role. Really, really good to get that. It was two years under the belt over uh, over here in London. So, you know, it's all Kerry guests on the show tonight. <laughs> it's like Radio Kerry, but uh, I'm in London. Um, but yeah, that was good two years into it, and then yeah, at start of March, uh, joining up with the WRC promoter, which as I said online is a pretty much a dream job for me. So, um, enough talk and just get on to business and make things a bit better. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what's mad? If we could only bring back the late great Wishy Fogarty now, it would be like in a radio carry. What a character he was! Yeah, I know. I was I had a chat with him, uh, Tony McCarthy, who I'm sure, I'm sure is listening as well tonight. We had a, a chat when I was probably what. 15, 16, obviously it's um, cool at the time and probably means a bit more going on, you know, just give me a bit of praise for, I guess, for just getting involved at that stage, even though I had probably had no idea really what I was doing, but um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely on the money with that. What kind of leads to being in a position, apart from obviously a bit of education and work experience and getting into this role, because that's, that's massive, and I suppose when you were going for the gig itself, was there a hope or an expectation of getting it, or what was the mindset like? Um, I worked very hard for it. I mean, I, I knew as soon as I came out of the uh, the interview, the first thing I said to my girlfriend was, "If if someone else gets that ahead of me, like I'll shake their hand because I threw everything at it." But yeah, obviously, I mean, people probably know me, know me better from, I guess, first doing rally photos, then moving into in cars, um, then being lucky enough to work with the likes of SVS. You know, that brought me up a lot and. Um, just being stuck in Kerry Motor Club and stuff like that, you know. They had a lot of lads around me. Uh, Thomas Fitzmaurice, I could go on all day. There's loads of lads to help me. And then you just have a grow off it, don't you? You know, you'll, you'll do stuff and you know, there's plenty of passion projects I've done and you build your up and next thing you start getting a few pounds and you're saying, this is all right, I can get paid for doing something I like. And uh, yeah, then obviously like, when I came over, obviously a phone is slightly different, but again, equal passion for it. So when I came over here, it was... Um, 
it was a good start, really good start. The best start I could ask for. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I guess it's just chipping away and, like I said, having a grow and lads giving you a turn. And, you know, I guess I started what I call rally focused photography probably around um, when I was, what, 13, 14. Uh, obviously, my parents were the ones really helping me along with it. But I guess, you know, that was whatever. That's over, I know over 10 years ago like so it's um yeah it's what yeah 12 13 years ago so it's a long time when you look at it that way but like it never feels like you're building towards something like that does it you know just no but the importance of actually just getting out there and getting experience under your belt like even though you're only 13 that's what you had and you're building up the portfolio and all of a sudden despite being in your early 20s you have a 10-year work experience attached to your name and you have all the, the, the the photos there to prove it and stuff so it just goes back to everything i suppose you know when people say even from a transitionary point of view in schools and that um just going in and working and even in in media in general i would have found uh when you start off you know you have to go and do a lot for free just to build up experience and to understand things i'm not saying you should always do it for free but that is kind of it in essence at the start and eventually people will see that you're uh, that you're good enough to do what you do they will trust you you build up a rapport you build up contacts and then the few bob stars coming in which is which is obviously great and uh the whole thing is is a dream really isn't it you fit the yeah you hit the nail in the head there with that i mean i think the thing that polished me off or the thing i think that brought me to fordis was um uh going into kerry tb or foss as most people probably know it as um i had a lecture inside there called jim Toomey, and i mean he's the one that taught me the value of you know meeting people making them comfortable getting like you said a rapport exactly what you said there um yeah, like it's it's not something that, as you said, you have to start and just do it for nothing. And you know, my, it's almost like a way of currency using like photos and stuff like that. You know, a way of currency to be number one to to get to know a lad and and everything else with it. But um, yeah, it also creates opportunities with stuff like that. If you have something that someone wants, even if it's just one photo, and you could take five hundred in a day, you know, that's that currency. Um, so yeah. So can I ask, with, with the role of social media manager then, how much of a team do you have underneath you? Who, who's working on this? Like, how many people are working on it? What does kind of the content plan kind of look like? Uh, because obviously there's a lot of content going out in between events. Occasionally it looks like it's nearly busier in between because you're probably trying to, even behind the scenes, plan for what you are going to do. And with the live action, I'm guessing the content does look after itself on the weekend. So is, is it actually harder to look at blocks in between events or or what does it kind of look like in general how difficult is it yeah absolutely like feeding social media is like feeding the beast because you know you put all this effort and and time into something and uh yeah you once you put it up that's it and we want the next thing yeah so working with me i have um communications manager uh who's jared then there's hendrick who's one of the, the founders of um wrc plus as we know it and uh then uh, my boss is actually Florian Ruth, who's director of uh, content communication. There's lots of other links and stuff off that. There's no one actually underneath me. Um, I'm the first social media manager they've employed, but um, it's part of the, you know, to be fair, I, I'm, there's a lot of stuff they're working on that for the next, you know, the next six months, next year, the next couple of years that by the time it'll, you know, all fleshes out, I'm, I'm just one cog in that. Um, so there is exciting stuff coming for, the, for that regards. Yeah, like you said, content plan can be really tricky then because Sweden, Croatia, fine, I, I joined just after Sweden, so I'm still getting up to speed. But, you know, there's a big gap and, you know, 
things have to be posted every day and there's there is obviously still news uh all the time but equally the likes of uh the european Rally championship which would be lesser known um actually probably pro sometimes provides more content that still had a big gap now it's coming back again in just under three weeks time which is nice um but yeah you're right like uh, th those gaps in between rallies sometimes can be um yeah quite uh drawn out but yeah just getting ahead there's always someone it's always someone's birthday there's always some you know on this day kind of stuff there's always so um yeah there's just planning <laughs> you mentioned there that you know this obviously it is a pro again i don't know very little about this and apologies um and actually i had to laugh actually he called you podge to me you were always pouring by the way it just he threw me when he said it i would call that more story <laughs> Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it, just, it just seems a lifetime mm -hmm. since I met you a bit below outside of Herons in Castle Island at one of Paul's spots. I know. Uh, we yeah. had to get a bracket for a camera one time. But see the way, obviously, these are a promotions company, and you mentioned, obviously, the European Championship, you mentioned the British Championship, and obviously, and the World Championship. Do you, uh, just a curious question, apologies for cornering you with this one, but do you, would you ever envision that those companies would be advantageous to? an Irish championship that it would be an Irish championship or, or those companies could come in and run an, an Irish championship. Would would you see, did, have you seen anything that could promote the Irish rally in the same way as the WRC is promoter or, or is it just way out of our league financially or is it, a, is it only for larger well-financed countries and so on? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I don't think anyone saw the European championship merge coming. So I'd never say never. I mean, Obviously, with these events, it's, um, you know, yeah, I never say never. I, I do think with the European Championship, they're basically, the idea this year is to just gain as much knowledge as possible, while it's similar to WRC in regards, you know, to rally but in one sense, but there's a lot of different categories and, and uh, characters and everything else. I think they're kind of using that to see how things go. But yeah, I guess, why wouldn't someone come in and do that? I mean, if at the end of the day, these these promoters and everything are businesses so if someone's going to make the money i can't see why not it's just happened that to be fair to the wrc everyone's a rally fan as well which is exactly what i wanted to see when i came in um but yeah to answer your question i think yeah if i mean at the end of the day if someone's going to make money out of it and, but certainly yeah. if you um if you look at um mick bracken's program over the years on the limit sports and mm -hmm. the figures uh that he had like over a quarter of a million people watching the program uh, his mm -hmm. figures were just huge. So you'd wonder, uh, you know, and I know going back many years ago, board fault as it was back then, that, you know, there was a lot of focus on the scenery and the beauty of Ireland. And and it, I presume it helped sell the program. It made it, I suppose, palatable, maybe even into maybe not a, a stringent motorsport audience that other people would go on to watch it as well, just to enjoy the spectacle. But um, yeah. yeah, I was often curious to know, would it, is there room or is Ireland big enough or is there a market for us to bring in a professional company to run it? So maybe yeah. someday well, Corey, you'll be managing it and you'll come in and run it. <laughs> and have to say, yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the European Championship, it's predominantly two-day rallies, you know, so that's what we have in Ireland, right? Um, yes. I can even something, take example for the Rally of the Lakes this weekend, that's bringing big money to the town, like, you know, I know we think Huge. Ireland might be small, but that's still big, big money to bring it in, like, so there's plenty of money in rallying, as we all know fast enough but um yeah there's plenty of money probably to be get out of the two for the right person i presume because if you look at the entry levels here so we would have the likes of killarney or west cork or galway or any of the events that could have been in excess of 200 entries whereas if you look at any of the rallies out in the european 
there wouldn't have half it. Um, yeah. And in the UK, there wouldn't have a fraction of it. So you'd, you'd, again, I don't know, I'm just curious to see if there's such a level of interest here. Is there, is there the wherewithal to get it promoted and bring it on to the next level again? To, but then again, I suppose then you're taking it to a professional level. Is probably there's probably a downside to that as well, making it professional. But I don't know. Just, just yeah, curious question on. when I saw you. That was on. Yeah, yeah, no fair question. I think the the all life service is amazing, really. Um, and I know sometimes people are saying, "Oh, let your kids sit there." I understand when things like that happen because you are subject to bandwidth and internet and coverage because that's but people seem to think occasionally it's wrc's fault but it's not it's the area you're in like and even just say to give a quick example on a very amateurish level being down in carrick and shore uh before we would have went out and done uh some of the what do you call it the action from stage one i think it was uh i had young larry actually going around doing a bit of a recce to see where is the strongest points to a speed test like um mm-hmm. and i appreciate that uh, a sim card and a phone is very different to a satellite broadband but you know, a lot of the fundamentals are, are, are quite similar. But as a service, like, it is phenomenal. Um, I Even the other day, I was out in the home place and I was showing it to my father, like, who would have followed rallying years ago. And he looked at this and he thought, wow. Just wow. Like, I mean, instant and, and just changing shots. I can only imagine what it's like for maybe a director and the producers inside and they're picking all those shots and they're trying to pull the strings together. It's a massive undertaking. Yeah, luckily in FAF, um, Florian brought me around and showed me all these containers. These, like, I could go on for an hour talking about how um, amazing it is, to be fair, to build. And like you said, I know people say often there's times with issues and stuff, but um, it's not for the one to train on WRC side, anyway. And uh, NEP Finland are, are involved as well. It's, like you said, Kevin, it's astronomical the amount of work that goes into it. Even stuff that blew my mind is like they send up. A plane over the stages so to receive the signal just as quick as they can so the plane just flies around the stages all day and you know just stuff like that the work that goes into this is unbelievable and there's um florian has done yeah some interviews and stuff before showing it off but like just purpose-built containers that they can package up fly to anywhere in the world set up shop like even the people are doing it like I mean, they're just, they're good. They're really, really good. And some people's like, some jobs are just to ingest the onboards. Obviously, there's onboard technician guys. There's just a whole world that I didn't even know existed. And um, it, it's still in its, to me, it's quite, you know, I always think, oh, WRC Plus, it's only like a year or two old. It's been around for a couple of years, but like, I think, you know, it's transformed a lot in a couple of years, you know. Um, mm. And they've got a lot more planned for it, which is what you want, right? You want something, you want, if you're paying for a service, you want to know it's been, upgraded you know you're getting better stuff the whole time and um yeah i think the next next year will showcase that and the next couple of years going forward will showcase that so i often forget as well how um yeah like so you, you kind of get used to it right as with anything you get used to it so a long time ago it used to be patterson's bulletin bulletins for a small period of my life anthony probably knows <laughs> a bit more of patterson bulletins but then you know then we moved on to like rally radios and stuff which was great at the time and then we have WRC Plus, and now we're taking it, not that you take it for granted, but you know, it's been there for a while. And even the likes of Killian and, and Andy here in, in Ireland, in, back in Ireland, like it almost feels weird now if there's a rally on and you're not tuning into that first thing in the morning on a Sunday morning. You know, it's it's amazing how far it's come. Like, so, um, yeah, I'd love to showcase and, and yeah, 
let more people in see how the WRC plus works. But yeah, it's a project going forward for sure because yeah, I think it's like it. It's like instant results. We're we're so used to instant results, you know, when the minute the car comes out says, and if it doesn't work or or if there's yeah. a breakdown or whatever, we're all in shock like whereas there was a yeah. time you could go four hours without knowing what happened on the first stage. So I suppose yeah. it just shows how much it has evolved. Um but yeah, I I would uh, the WRC plus it's something I've, I've subscribed to, which I find it good, and I think it's bringing a new audience to rallying in the same way as the Netflix program is bringing new audiences into Formula One. So if it keeps developing in the WRC, um, it'll that that Netflix show uh, is is very good for the Formula One. And I know I the WRC was... version as well, Pods possibly. <laughs> uh, well, my favorite, I think, uh, yeah, I think I saw someone's on about this. So if I'm wrong, but I'm 95% sure that um, I think Netflix actually pay F1 for the use of all that, which is in my mind astronomical. Look how, how like how good that series does for F1. You know, you get people. Huge, yeah. That's what like let's be honest about it. People that follow rallying mostly are just hardcore rally fans. We know when the rally's on. We know this stage has been run. We know this full of one this many years ago. But like, how many people know? And you, everyone knows people that know of rallying, but couldn't really tell you who was at the top anymore. When it used to be like McRae, Burns, all those, I feel like rallying was a lot more predominant. So definitely the likes of WRC Plus is important for that. But I guess even what we're trying to do now and or what my plan is on social media is to, you know, rekindle the love for those people that may have fallen out of touch with it. Because, I mean, if you want, like all everything that Paul listed out earlier on, all different platforms, you're fighting for everyone's attention. And all the apps want you to stay on, you know, it would get you to keep people on your their app on your post and everything. So it's you know it's 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 crazy in one sense basically what you're fighting against just for a bit of attention. Uh, and then once you have them, right? How do you keep them and stuff like that? You know, you have to provide value. So um, it's funny that these apps are obviously free, like which is you know Instagram, Twitter. You know, anyone can sign up to them and get and consume a world of content, pay nothing, obviously. But at the same time, you're um, you have to provide a lot of value to keep keep people there. So. It's funny when you uh, take a step back sometimes. Last last question, pause before we finish up. So obviously with the WRC, we have all live and we have highlights programs. And there was big talk and debate here about whether uh, clubs go for a TV program afterwards or whether clubs go for a live stream on the day, as you would have saw with the Circuit of Ireland and with West Cork. And my take on that is surely they can coexist. Like the WRC is a prime example of it where you have the live and you have the highlight show together. So regardless of the company involved or who, who you go with, um, could we could we not see that like, you know, happen? Um, I appreciate there is costs and probably substantial additional costs, but when you were there on site, a lot of the, the fundamentals will be covered in terms of the crews getting there, the service going out, and you have the content, you have the footage, you know, already there. You're doubling it up. Yes, you're you're getting it live, uh, but it's obviously there on demand afterwards. You can get it, chop it up, uh, tailor in some of the interviews, put in your voiceovers. Um, I I would definitely see a situation where, hopefully, uh, we would see both of them happen for for most of our events anyway, if not all. Yeah, I think the same. I think um, there's always going to be someone that wants to sit down, and you know, it might be a Sunday. For the power stage, you would want to sit down and want, want to watch that, or you want to watch the two minutes highlights that we have on YouTube that goes out, or you might want to sit down after the day and watch the you know the twenty six minute highlights package. Like you said, they're they're all the same footage cut different ways. Like I don't think there's a comment to Ireland. Yeah, I don't think 
I think people get obsessed this moment with, oh, it has to be live, it has to be now, it has to be everything. The, the real reality was no one's going to sit down all day and watch the rally. Like, we all love rallying, but no one's going to sit there for nine hours and watch it. So you'll drop in for a stage, you might want to see a stage, and this obviously applies certain as well, with the likes of Killian and stuff there. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, but it, obviously we just watch, you'll watch the, the top 30, top 40, and then they have, you know, Killian and Lind and go and live in the next stage and you'll watch the next stage and then Andy might have all the cars you might watch that but you're not sitting there for nine hours watching everything you know so yeah I agree with just what you say though you can definitely have mm. room for both and, and an yeah. appetite for both and equally the excitement you would get with like just say Eamon Finn Flying Finn Motorsport and a mad for Tars and even Jordan McCarran was at a pretty good video on Monaghan last weekend and uh, mm-hmm. you know the people really look forward to them they're they're always great to look back on afterwards too so it's just about having everything coexisting. There's a place for everything, I believe, and, and hopefully that's the situation we are looking at going forward. Podge, listen, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll be in touch yeah. again. And um, it's great to have someone from Ireland, obviously, on the, on the national or inter- international stage in such an important role as well. So keep up the good work, and thanks for chatting to us, all right? No worries. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me. Hi, Parik. Thanks, Emil. Parik to me, little Lou. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, so, I, I think you can get used to college. There's only one Podge to be in. That's Podge New One Galway. Podge New. Uh, you, you've called him a few things with, with expletives. All in, in good nature, of course. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, okay, Anthony, we have two minutes to get our predictions in because we want to wrap this up. We always say we try to keep it in around an hour max. Uh, we're on an hour and six. So who is Anthony Nestor going with this weekend? Top modified and top... <laughs> international top modified has has to be um top modified has to be rob duggan and i am back and putting my 20 euros he said i'm putting it on josh moffat i think josh will have a point to prove after the circuit and um he's my man for the podium sunday night josh and rob and i'm going to get into second and third because we never get it right yeah I think so josh for the international um i haven't looked at the historic entry so apologies i haven't seen it um i, I think the only thing anthony that would go against rob duggan would be if something happened to the car um i think that's the only reason he doesn't win it in my in my book um yeah. do you know what i mean so like there's plenty of guys there the heat is definitely on even though he has that kind of knowledge and stuff and i would expect him to to take top honours as well. Uh, I think the Garton again, uh, the Garton again factor with Garton again, I don't know, hasn't been around for a few years now, certainly on the international um, lovely stage. So it'll be a little bit new to a lot of the guys. Um, mm. And and as Paul quite rightly said, if anyone wants to take a jump on Rob Dogan, that's the place to do it because obviously he's far, he does uh, exceptional times and the likes of Miles Gap where he'll pull 10 seconds on everybody. Um, so yeah, it'll right. um, it'll be interesting. I'm going Rob Dogan and I'm going Alistair Fisher. So there we go. Yeah, well, um, you didn't get a last minute call up. No, I'm not doing the rally. So unfortunately, the way it fell was we had um, I had the own obviously and Stuart, and Owen had originally asked me way back before last Christmas, and uh, unfortunately. Um, when we, we got the entries in for both drivers and we got it all organized for them. And I asked uh, Eamon Cregan, uh, who was kind enough to sit with Stuart for West Cork to know would Eamon be uh, available again for Killarney, which he was, which and, and got all that sorted out. And unfortunately, within a short period of time, Owen was unable to go. And that has me at home. 
Right. The championship was starting off great, and now it is in bits. So actually, I see. I must ring Paddy Flanagan. I see. I'm, I was given no points for West Cork. They must have thought I was in the other car. So, so I think I'm fourth overall in the championship behind the top three, because obviously I was swapping between two different drivers. So I think I'm between. Um, I think I'm just behind Marianne's co-driver, uh, Jordan Charles. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm six or seven points behind him, but I'm I'm short about eight points, I think, from um from West Cork. Should bring me back up. So but okay. yeah, I'll be down a big scalp of him after this weekend, but sure, such is life. Well look, we'll see how it all pans out. Uh the very best look to everyone involved. Um okay. we'll be looking forward to reflecting on the event next Tuesday. Uh it will be either half eight or nine o'clock. We will confirm that on Sunday slash Monday. Uh, we've already got a, a guest or two on standby for it, and they're uh, they're tasty as well. They're 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 known as the fella said without giving the or letting the cat out of the bag. Um, you see, so, because I because I was um, obviously privy to name of one of the guests, so you can explain to him why you've picked somebody else for winning the rally. I'm like I. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, let the cat out of the bag there. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> By process of elimination, I think they're going to figure it out now, aren't they? Spoiler alert. Oh, right, Anthony, a pleasure as always. Thanks a million. Good night, everybody. Thanking you. That's Anthony Nestor. I'm Kevin Regan. The episode was in association with treerock.ie. Display signage, Brandon. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. And give us a follow as well. You can see it right down here at the bottom. Uh, we are at, uh, at Irish Rally Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. As well, we'll also have this on Spotify and Apple and all the usual places. Uh, until next Tuesday, the very best out to everyone again, and uh, we'll chat to you. Mind yourselves.